and he's like, show me what you got. Like, not doesn't miss a beat. And I like show him like my work. He looks through all of it and stuff like that. He nods a little bit and stuff. And, you know, very, very nicely pushes my portfolio back across the table. It's like, I don't know if you're ready yet, kid. <laughs> but what he did after that is like, you know, he took his some time to like really ask me like, why do I want to be in comics? What do I know about the industry? And he basically kind of gave me the crib sheets, like, like the green, the green book for navigating the comics industry, like what shows to go to, what editors like pitch and really cleared up the fact that, Hey, you're also a person of color. There's a reason we're over here and we're not over there in the DC offices. So he kind of, he kind of gave me the game before I got in the game. And I took that information went to college and stuff like that and used that to get an internship at Marvel and then got hired there right out of school. So that's kind of like my origin story in terms of like, what started my comic book career. I mean, that is a fantastic origin story. And I mean, at 14 or 16 to call and say like, I'm the next big deal. Like I need to like show you my stuff is, I mean, gutsy, ballsy. Like, I mean, you must have had some level of confidence, which I I love it. I love it. I think I, I think, I think I had that like Elmer Fudd kind of, I don't know that there's gravity kind of confidence. <laughs> I like, 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 I'm going to just walk up here. I don't know any better. If somebody had told me, I'd have been like, oh man, I'm going to go like take an L. But instead I just walked in there because, you know, I was really passionate about it. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't have any mentors or anybody who could teach me the craft, but just with, for that a little amount of time that Dwayne McDuffie afforded me, completely changed my life because like copious notes like it's like oh i gotta do what i gotta go where i gotta watch out for who yeah absolutely and i i know for a fact that i wouldn't have a career in comics if it hadn't been for that for that one day wow that's amazing what was the uh, marvel internship like uh it was interesting i think with that one of the things so i interned i started at marvel online so, of course, just like anybody who comes into Marvel, you want to get that tutorial and get near the comics and making comics and stuff like that. But surprisingly, I actually developed an immediate love for, you know, online. I saw the opportunities there to like do some innovative storytelling and, you know, push the medium forward in a way that couldn't be necessarily done on printed paper. And that sort of became like my niche within the industry so you know after i left marvel then i was i came back into comic books after a sort of a break to head up dc's uh online web comics uh imprint and so mm-hmm. i launched you know this thing called zuda it was like a competition it was the first time that anybody could honestly pitch work to dc and then get and then get a series if they get voted by the public so it was an innovation in a lot of ways and stuff like that. Kind of like the American Idol for uh, yeah, but giving giving the 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 uh, I guess your audience the power to seeing what they want to see more of. I, I love that idea. Like you put out a concept and then the audience gets to vote on what they want, and you at least know there's a, a large interest of what is going to be created. And that's a smart idea. Yeah, and it was also a really good way to like bring in talent that hadn't had access before. So a lot of our launch titles were of color, they were LGBTQ, like, and this is before. You know, it was really about any sort of like DEI work being done internally. Yes. This was just me being sly and being like, "Well, I'm here. I'm gonna put some black people on." Let's get <laughs> it know? done. Let's get it done. Yeah, Let's get your it done. friends would be like, "You need to enter this." Like, get on. <laughs> you know. Awesome. Uh, from that program, is there anyone that you remember that used that platform that you thought was like that really helped their career take off? If anyone that comes to mind. Or that someone you're really um, proud of that you already see, like, you know what, I kind of helped this person get this shot or this exposure. Uh, I think a lot of them, because all of those guys were hungry. So Jeremy Love was already in the game. I just happened to be a big fan of his. His book, Bayou, I think is going to be coming out with another publisher. Um, I don't know if that's been announced yet, so I'll keep that information to myself. Um, David Gallagher with High Moon. Also, um, trying to think, Dan Govar, who's just like a prolific like art fantasy artist and stuff. And then, um, you know, uh, a lot of the guys have moved on to other stuff, working at Disney and doing all sorts of, like, really cool stuff. Uh, Bobby Timoney, I think he's about to have a book uh, with the Super Pets come out from D.C., which is really mm-hmm. weird because, you know, he had been, like, the kind of artist who didn't quite fit the mold there. But then once their graphic novel line started blowing up, 
and they had they started thinking about their IP in different ways, you know. Then mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now this is somebody who can you can really put on. Whereas before it's like, well, you can't draw Batman this way. We don't really have any space for you. But now it's like, it. oh, but you can draw like super pets really well. Well, let's go. Yes, got it, got it, got it. Makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. So I'd love to just kind of learn, I guess, the inspiration around Black. Uh, like how, I know there has to, I'm sorry, let me formulate my, my question. Real he's quick. geeking out right now because the concept <laughs> is super dope. I get, I get where he's no coming worries, from. No worries, no Nah, the, the concept is more than dope. The concept is crazy, actually. I think it's like crazy in a good way. Like, um, and I can't read. I can't wait to to like just like read more of your work. You know, full transparency, Tony. You know, you know, big fan. Uh, he put me on. You know what I mean? But what was the inspiration that led to Black? Like, I want to. I want to know what led up to that. Like, like what was I guess the experience that you had? that was like, you know what, I need to put or create this story. Well, there are a few things. I think there's a shared experience that, you know, Black people have in America of, like, how we're regarded, you know, in terms of, like, policing, in terms of, like, equity and inclusion. And, you know, essentially we've had, like, the most lethal PR campaign going against us since, you know, we arrived, you know, on slave ships. So there's there's that aspect, you know, which is just sort of ever-present. But on top of that, there was also there was a mix of sort of my passion and love of comic books and the medium, along with the fact that, you know, as I became a professional in the field, I realized that there was also an absence of black people in the industry. So it wasn't necessarily something that was, you know, this Machiavellian like, oh, we're going to keep, you know, black people out. It's just we weren't in, you know, like I got in through just being again, like, you know, purposefully ignorant. <laughs> Like it was like I wasn't I wasn't thinking about I can't I was thinking about I'm going to you know these are things yeah. that I want but you know that was you know part of like circumstance but once I was in the building I realized I was the only one often in the room and that was something that struck me because it's like if we're not here then that's exactly why we're not in the comics that's why we're not represented in some culture like none of that is coming through because it's not even on these people's purview when you're in a room full of just white dudes. What are you going to get except more white dudes you know, in your comments? That's that's what you're going to get. And that's so, not their fault, too. So, I mean, that's a good point. If you're not there, you can't speak up. So it, it makes sense. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just not a climate or a culture for that sort of, like, you know, thing to really become rooted in, in anybody's, like, publishing plan or to even come through authentically. Because we've seen when it hasn't. So I'm not even going to go there, but. It was it was sort of like an, it was it was an amalgam of those three things coming together and me starting to look at these comic books that I grew up and I loved reading and saying like there's always these outcast sort of archetypes you know these people who are like you know not regarded well by society but then they also tend to be like you know billionaires or they just have a suit that they can take off whenever they want you know or it's like nobody's pulling them over you know mm-hmm. you know and talking about their taillights and stuff like that just because they happen to you know be a certain class or whatever you know and even when you look at characters like the thing it's like the thing is living his good life like yeah maybe it sucks to be a big orange brick but you're a famous like globe trotting like superhero so it really stuck to me that like you know these these tropes were kind of hollow because yeah. they didn't really reflect what it was what it's like to have an institution against you to have real prejudice that you can't overcome with like shooting laser beams out of your eyes you know mm-hmm. and so yeah. it really made me think about it in terms of like things that i love like you know like you know the x-men and stuff like that i was like well what if only black people had superpowers and i, and I kid you not the minute i thought that thought i was like <laughs> <laughs> this is something gold this is something gold <laughs> And so, like, I started crafting this story back then, and, uh, and it was, like, kind of 10 years I sat on it, because, again, I started working at DC and didn't really have time to pursue writing. But once I left, you know, I still had the idea percolating in my head, and my, and my wife was just like, look, you got a lot of ideas, but just pick one. Pick one and do it. And that was the one that I picked. So I hit up a colleague of mine, Tim Smith, who I'd worked with at Marvel, and I was just like, hey, man, I got this idea. I really like your art style. 
because Tim draws and designs characters from a, a very different aesthetic that's not influenced by a lot of like Western like comic book design. You know, he's got he's got his own feel and flavor to it, and things feel like they have weight and like texture. And I was like, I think you could help me design like some really black kind of superheroes. You know, it's like nobody's going to be wearing tights and capes in this story. So. Um, he was he was on and then like I approached Jamal Eigel, kind of told him the idea, and you know I was like, what if only black people had superpowers? He's like, yep, let's go. <laughs> I just showed Kari like a little mobile site that I made on my phone, and all he saw was a tagline. He's like, nah, man, let's go. Like this is yes. yeah. He's like, you only do stuff like this once. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so let's go. And that's kind of how it took off, and you know things have changed. So I did a Kickstarter for it. We were asking at him for like thirty thousand dollars. We ended up with ninety, um, and we hit that goal in like three days. So it was something that you know I think really resonated with people once it like kind of came out, and we got like all sorts of write ups in newspapers and stuff. So it was really good to be validated in that way because I also knew that the idea for black is not something that I would have been able to go to a publisher with <laughs> and have yes. to be like. Yeah, that sounds great, especially not a combo publisher, you know, because as much as, you know, things may progress, like in a lot of industries, they can get like very stagnant because there's not a lot of movement. So mm -hmm. it's like those rooms where I would be the only black person just kind of stayed that way, you know, and it wasn't because people were like keeping other people out. They just were never leaving. <laughs> so it's like there's Got never it. room for you to come in there and be like, I'm a new kid, like, you know. Yeah. Gotcha. So. One of the things I must say, and maybe we can go back a little bit in history. Um, I feel that if you think about Disney and other shows, when they represent um, black characters, it's always very, you know, big lips, dark, dark, dark skin, crazy looking eyes. Like, it's never really portrayed um, the way that they portray other characters that they design. And I felt with your design, it kept the true essence of, like, how black people normally look. They, they don't have the crazy looking, you know, complexion or the lips and stuff like that. So can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, seeing that kind of stuff and how it influenced the design you put in black or in all your comics? Definitely. So um, we, the entire team, we definitely had sort of a come to Jesus sort of moment where we had to realize that as professionals who had all been working in the industry for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years between us, that, you know, we had all done a lot of work on white characters. So even for us, there was a moment where we had to like take pause and like really look at like what the black aesthetic needed to be in the book. Mm -hmm. And there were even points where like it even came down to we had meetings about hair texture, you know, or just like, hey, you can't put these kind of box braids on a met like on this girl. That's not going to work. <laughs> You're going to get clowned out of like mm -hmm. <laughs> on the streets. We got to make sure that this like looks right, you know? It's like, so it was very much us kind of like reevaluating, you know, how we approach this stuff. And it's also why I really wanted to work with Jamal because he's such a detailed and refined artist. I knew that he could handle, you know, drawing people of, you know, different hair textures, different skin tones, different facial features, but they are still black because it's not a monolith. It's not like one type of like look defines like blackness. So, it was that and the reason why like we decided to do the comic book in grayscale too because i wanted people to focus on the story and not get you know you know overly focused on rendering and stuff like that so it's just like if you think your character is a darker skin maybe they are maybe they aren't <laughs> but you know it's like you, you'll have to bring you know that to the table yourself got it awesome awesome and um i know you mentioned that meeting when you went to when you were 16 i think at that time and age if you were to like if you did have a mentor i felt like someone would be like you know you're, you're not ready yet take your time like you'll get there eventually do you think that the lack of you know doubt that other people would may have portrayed on you would have potentially held you back from doing it or you just had the self-confidence to just know like i'm this ready and i just want to get into the room and talk about myself Maybe, maybe not, because I didn't come from a family where it was ever a choice. You know, like I didn't have mm -hmm. that. I didn't have that. I didn't have that mom who was just like, "It's like, all right, what are you going to do after high school?" She was like, "So college." Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a, It wasn't like, "Oh, you are going. <laughs> you better find the one you're going to." That's kind of it. You know. Yeah. Um, 
so I didn't come from, I didn't come from like, you know, at least in, in my home, I didn't come from a place of no, you know, so it made it easier to sort of like weather other people saying no about certain things, because if I felt passionate about something, I was just going to go for it. You know, in comic books and writing was something I loved, something that I felt like I could do. I even used to draw a little bit. You know, I did give that one up <laughs> just because I was like, this is hard. <laughs> I got to pick a lane here. So I stuck with writing. Awesome, man. Awesome. So where do you, I guess, where would you love to see this go in terms of growth or, or scale? Like, are you, are you thinking movies, you know, TV shows? Like, uh, what would you, I guess, love to see this evolve to? Well, we did get optioned by Warner Brothers for a feature film. So uh, there's definitely going to be a film uh, based on the Black universe. Um, so... I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I've seen some takes on the universe that have been really kind of cool and mind blowing when you see somebody else take an idea of yours and you're just like almost mad a little bit because you're just like, oh, I didn't think of doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some conversations where I was like, well, since you based it on my story, I'm going to steal that because <laughs> technically I wrote it. Technically, you know, I'm just going to. And, uh, you know, currently I'm working on the, the final chapter of the main arc. So Black is like a trilogy. The first book, Black, is the one that you showed. And then uh, White um, came out uh, at the end of last year, which is a sequel to that. And I believe the trade is coming out next month, perhaps. Um, and then we'll be doing a final book in the future. And I'll kind of just wrap up the larger arc. Um, whether or not there's more stories in between will depend on my, you know, my time and stuff but you know there's definitely more stories to tell um and that's kind of like what you saw with like uh, widows and orphans and america's sweetheart i just wanted to kind of show the the breadth and depth of the world outside of that main arc with like different characters and stuff like that awesome man congratulations on the the, the, the warner bros move um i was not aware and I'm very, very happy for you on that end. I cannot wait to see uh, what they do with that. Um, it's going to be dope. Yeah, it's been pretty. It's been pretty cool. Like you know, it, it, it's been a process, you know. But you know, I get to be a producer on it, so I get to see and hear a lot of, you know, different visions of my vision. And it's always like exciting to just you know see certain things. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about where things are right now. I think it's going to make for like a really cool and interesting feature film. I mean, that's awesome. Um, so I guess feature film is probably the dream of any artist, writer, comic book writer. But before we get to that level of success, uh, I know you mentioned that you got a lot of like advice, great advice. Um, now that we're you know building an audience, like could you share some advice for someone that is trying to get into the comic game? Um, it, should they go the mainstream route, get that exposure, get that knowledge, and then kind of venture off on their own like you did? Like, kind of walk us through that, your thoughts about that kind of stuff and advice you would give someone. I think it depends on, like, what you're comfortable with, you know, and what your, what your ultimate goal is. I, I think, you know, a lot of people tend to walk that line between working for, like, the bigger publishers to sort of, like, you know, increase their visibility. But there's been a lot of really successful creators out there who just – you know, forged ahead with their own thoughts and IP and stuff like that and, and made a name for themselves. So, you know, and, and sometimes that's the only path because you're not going to see like Jeff Smith's bone come out of Marvel. I mean, they might today because they're more Disney-fied, <laughs> but I mean, like, <laughs> he had that, but he had that idea, like, you know, and that story that he really wanted to tell, that was something that he had to find his own path for. And I think you, you know, you see a lot of that with like image and stuff like that. I think, you know, if what you're really trying to do is build your visibility, like do it, do it however you feel is best. Like if you don't feel like working for a publisher is like right for you, then don't go that route, you know? But mm -hmm. if that's something that you want to do, like that, that's fine too, because those are fun toys to play with, you know, and they pay you. So <laughs> like, do your thing. Um, so I can't really say that there's, there's one di direct path, but there's also just so many more tools out there and opportunities. Like, so for, uh -huh. you know, for me, it was Kickstarter, you know, I was able to validate my idea through the public size rather than sit there and, and wait for some gatekeeper to give me permission, you know, or wait for them to be comfortable with this sort of storytelling for it to happen. So I think just, you know, hustle, fi find your way in. 
Gotcha. And what were some of the, I know you mentioned that your mentor had mentioned, like, you should go to these events or are these, like, um, venues. What would you recommend for someone in this day and age where um, comics are becoming more digital and there's tons of different events and so tons of different things happening? Like, what are some that you recommend someone trying to get into the game today to, to attend or, or, or network at? Well, I think it depends on what kind of artist you are. So for writers, I think that it's a little bit more of an uphill climb, but writers also have more of the ability to take on more projects at once. So I think, you know, once once you establish those relationships and people can see that, like, you're producing a really interesting and engaging story that sell, you know, they'll be more apt to hire you for stuff or that'll, you know, make you more appealing to an agent or something like that, I guess. Um, for illustrators, I tend to think that, like, you know, with the ability to kind of, like, get your art out there on places like social media, like, that's a that that's the strong place to, like, really show what you're capable of um, and build an audience for yourself. And whether that's doing pinups or if you really want to do, like, you know, sequential art, like, showing, like, your illustrated boards, like, just show people what you can do is, is really is really a key and key and be consistent and keep doing it because that's also the thing that anybody who's going to consider hiring you for a project wants to see as well is that you're able to consistently generate you know work and stuff like that because that's going to be the job <laughs> don't let, don't let anyone Makes fool sense. you it's like you're you're about to draw a 20 page comic book in like six weeks if you're lucky you know so you better be on your game got it got it has, has there any uh i guess like you're you know with your time in the industry um for example, right, and I guess this is a tricky question because you, you probably won't be able to uh, drop any names or, or say too much, but I guess, have you ever, like, observed or, like, been in a meeting and, and someone pitch a project and the idea was just, like, so dope, uh, and, but it was shut down and, and, you know, never got to see the light? Like, how, how I'm, I imagine that that happens pretty often. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like for for me, fortunately, I've, I've been I've been blessed in that I've been able to forge my own path and not necessarily have too many people in my way, you know. Yes. So like when I was at DC, I kind of had carte blanche to like just put out stuff that I thought was dope. So I got lucky in that regard. And then online, like nobody in publishing was really paying attention to what we were doing, so we just got to you know do some cool stuff. But I did hear some wild stuff where you know I just be like, they're gonna put out what. Like, where it's like, oh, why aren't they putting out this? So, I mean, you know, I, I want to say that, you know, when it comes to, like, ideas, it's subjective. Yeah. But there's also, like, the rank and file in the institutions that may, like, have agendas or lack it, like, you know, certain imagination for things. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, when you really think about, like, what we're doing out here, it's surprising. It's a surprising position to have when you're seeing that things like, you know, Captain Underpants, Dogman, and Smile are like the top-selling actual graphic novels and comics out there. But if somebody comes to you know a superhero publisher with something that's a little avant-garde, you'll 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 meet hesitation, and it's sort of like you know you guys got to take your blinders off and stuff like that, and think a little bit bigger and a little bit broader. Um, some publishers used to be really good at that, but you know aren't so more aren't as much. But then so a lot of publishers out there you know small independent where you know you just find a place where you can tell that story or you know, tell it yourself because you can do that kind of stuff online now go post it on webtoons you know if you've got that fire like get it out there and, and how, how much do you think like doing doing something like that independently right uh, like how much do you think uh, that that can cost someone it depends on it depends on what you're doing but there is generally a cost like there are, there are many days where I wish I had kept up with like drawing so I could draw my own stuff. It would probably save me a lot of time and money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might not save me time. It would definitely save me money because like, drawing is, is laborious. And like, I, I do not, I, I am always in awe and admiration of my illustrator friends and not envious of them because, you know, they really do carry the bulk of production, you know, in the work that they do. But I, I think that you know it depends. You know your 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 average independent comic book, you know, can run you anywhere from like you know if, if you have a good relationship with those people and it's not a big team, like a hundred dollars a page, to you know three hundred dollars a page. 
So you wow. start doing the math and you're like, okay, because people got to eat. You can't ask people to work for free. You know, depend, depending on your reputation and like what you're actually producing and like how it's going to come out, you're not going to get like, you know, people to say like, okay, well, I'll do it for like a cut of the profit and stuff like that. It's like people have bills, you know? So like I try to respect my entire creative team's time and like pay them, you know, like what they should be paid. What is you? you know, yeah, it makes sense. As best as I can pay them and they understand that. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to pay that back, you know, with the film, like, you know, highlighting all of our reputations and do some red carpets or something like that. It might be nice if that could happen, you know, you know to come out there and stunt. Um, Durbin, but, how, I was going to say, how lucky are we that we get him just before the movie comes out? So when people Google him, they're going to find this podcast and tie it back and like, so we kind of hit the jackpot early. So this is kind of funny, but. Um, this, this talk, this, based on what you're saying, I, I do agree with it. It is important to give, um, the people that help build you up, um, their flowers, Absolutely. which I totally agree with that. Definitely. One thing that we've been, uh, talking about with a, a lot of our guests and, you know, a lot of folks, you know, make impact <laughs> in their respective fields, but, uh, the point that, uh, the trend that I've been noticing is the opportunity that we've had to connect with folks who like, um, are doing awesome things in a space where uh, folks from the community might not know that they have access to that space, right? And, yeah. and like, like seeing someone who looks like you do that stuff, it, it really goes a long way. And um, me being someone who used to draw, right, um, who uh, is really into, you know, superheroes and, and, and all of that, this, what you're doing is so inspiring. Um, it really is. And um, I know that there's going to be some kids who pick that up. And uh, there's going to be even even more inspiring work that comes from that because they read that. And uh, I just want to make sure I let you know. No, thank you. And I hope so, because that's sort of like, you know, what I feel like Milestone passed on to me. I'm, I'm glad that they are back in D.C. and being published again. But it's really one of those things that was... I think so transformative for a lot of people at the time that like, you know, I don't think I speak for myself because I've had this conversation with my colleagues who are of color where it's just like, we felt like their absence required us to carry the baton. Like it was a relay. It's like, you guys went, but we're going to take this and we're going to run with it. We're going to bring that energy into other projects and stuff. And then, you know, with the success of black and then, you know, other you know, comics started popping up with like featuring characters of color like Bitter Root, like, and you know, Black Panther came and like stole everybody's like hearts and minds and money and stuff. So it was just, I know. Like, we're, we're, have, we're having we're having quite the Black Renaissance at the right time. But I think the the key thing that came out of it is that it wasn't just that these were Black stories; it was that Black stories had value. You know, because yeah. mm-hmm. everybody talks green, and when you can sit there and hit certain numbers or grab certain attention or like come up yeah. with a certain concept that really speaks to people. I think that people realize it's like, Oh, this, this isn't just like a fluke. And I think in particular for black people, it's because our stories haven't been told. It's like, you're just talking about a whole like huge untapped resource of storytelling where you can be doing something really different across mediums in terms of like, you know, what, you know, what, what you tell people. Cause you know, it's been pretty rude because it's all been through like, you know, a white lens generally, you know, yeah. focused on white people, white stories. So when you have that, you're kind of, you're kind of limiting what people have access to. And I think that's why these things resonated with people. They're like, Oh, I've never seen that before. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that people can ignore because they're just like, oh, I've seen that before. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, yeah. the, it's the difference between like Star Trek, you know, Discovery and, you know, whatever the latest Star Trek that is like, oh, wait, no, Captain Michael. Yeah, 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 that was, yeah, 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 that's a good point. That's you know, a good that, point. That yeah. show held me too, because I was like, you know, she's supposed to be the captain. Come on, let me see these yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, and, and she's a great actress too. I, I haven't finished Absolutely. it, but the season I watched, the two seasons I watched, I was like, pretty good this is really good but um i wanted to touch on something that you talked about you know so i remember as a kid um i remember captain planet they had that one black kid that was the heart power i'm like they gave the kid heart i'm like really all right <laughs> that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. and then we got 
I think I don't think that kid was black. I think he was. I think he was indigenous. Oh, uh, okay. The black, kid, the black kid had earth power. Okay, well, earth. Okay. Okay. I I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. But I was like, earth. Okay, cool. So that was that was better than heart. That like I was trying to remember, but yeah, he had earth. Yeah. Then we got um, static shock, which I thought was super cool in WB eleven. You got to wake up super early. You have like thirty minutes, and that was like really cool. So. I know recently um, they re-released Static Shock, and I think Nicholas, I can't remember, um, I think his name, last name is Draper, um, recently helped them redesign Static Shock and the feel, his artwork. I thought it was super dope. Big fan of his stuff. Are there any like stories that you would want to like give a twist on that is in like DC or Marvel today that you think you can give it a different perspective coming from a um, from your background? Definitely. I mean, I've always been down with Milestone. They know it. Reggie Hudson, mm-hmm. Nick, like, uh, you know, all, in this particular case, when it comes to the comic books, all black people do try to know each other. Yes. Because <laughs> it's just like, it's, there's only a few of us here. So it's just like, it's like it's see you. Black folks in you know, There's only a few of us yeah, in like, Yeah. So um, it, 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 it's something that I will always be down for and stuff like that, you know, should the opportunity arise. But in terms of like anything mainstream, I don't necessarily know that there are any characters that I, I prefer to be a reader of those things, you know? Um, I don't feel, I feel like my perspective and the way that I approach things would probably not sit well with folks, okay. you know, or at least it wouldn't until they feel like they can't say no. Mm. <laughs> you know? So it's like maybe, maybe after the film, maybe after like, you know, a, a couple of follow-up projects and stuff like that, then it'll be like, oh, okay, well, I guess we got to do what this guy wants to do. But I think I think before then they they still feel like oh no this this IP can't you know be but this but you know I, I like radical change I like characters that move you know forward and stuff like I do not like stagnation so anything that I did in the mainstream you you would definitely see an evolution like of, of those characters and to give you some examples of things that I really liked or that resonated with me. It's like, I really like where the X-Men are right now with the whole Krakoa thing. Cause I'm like, yeah, this is getting boring. You know, after a while, we know the X-Men story. Everybody fears and hates you except you're all hot white people. Go ahead. But you know, then <laughs> you know, they really, they, they really felt themselves. They're just like, nah, you, y'all are legit trying to kill us. We just going to not only create our own nation, but then we're also going to like take over the world economy. <laughs> you know? And I was just like, okay, okay. Um, but then I also liked uh, the Future Foundation, you know, when essentially, you know, the whole Fox thing made them like rethink the Fantastic Four. I was like, this is great. This is an interesting evolution of them having like a little nerd science school and stuff like that. And like getting back into the sci-fi explorer stuff or like, um, you know, kind of like right the, the superior Spider-Man stuff. And like right when Peter came back, where I was just like, yeah, he should own his own web company. He made spider fluid. Like, this kid's mm-hmm. a genius. He should be Mark Zuckerberg. Like, the broke-off Spider-Man don't hit for me anymore. You know? it's, like, <laughs> it's like, he can't be sleeping on people's sofas and stuff. You didn't save the world, like, dumb times. Like, this is just, this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, yeah, so that's, the, that's me when I look at these characters. Like, you know, I want to see, like, where, where should they be right now? So, like, you know, if I got Green Lantern, the first thing I do is get Hal Jordan a job. He been broke for, like, like dude, you, you don't work. <laughs> you don't work. <laughs> You show up in front of like your, your girl's house and stuff like that after being in space, and I wonder why she's mad at you and stuff like that. You used to be a pilot, now like how you how you living, you know? Yeah, I feel you. I feel so you. it's like things like that. Like I'd I'd like to really like dive into and kind of you know explore like why are you the best Green Lantern? You know, it's like what makes you better than like you know any of the other twenty yes. <laughs> exist? You know, be they from Earth or alien. It's like so it, it's those kind of things that like. You know, I really want to delve into. So I'm kind of curious what I tangentially have been seeing over at DC with all of the like, you know, diversity and inclusion stuff that they've shifted to with their like lineup. Um, but I need to read some of it. I, I've read a bit of the Superman stuff, and I think that that's great. But it's like they're 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 going all in. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like Wonder Woman's like South American, like Greenland's black lady. You know, Aquaman's black and gay because you know we can't just carry one thing. Um, and then it's yep. like, I think, well, what else? Yeah, and oh, Batman's Black, which uh, that one doesn't sit with me too well. I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I'm not Black Man is going to take I don't know about that one dollars either. and just 
Yeah, I was like, he's not going to take billions of dollars and go around slapping people up on the streets. That's not that's not like that, man. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's just not. Oh, let me let me drive around in a whip and just like beat people up. <laughs> and you know he doesn't wear the mask. I'm like, you gonna get checked too? You gonna be out in the middle of Gotham, like you know, slapping up some thugs? They'd be like, oh. Oh, it's like that now, huh, Batman? I see you. You're, oh, are you black? Are you still okay? okay. Cool, 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 cool. Oh man, if if, if uh, it, what what superpower would uh, you want if you had an opportunity to choose? I've always been envious of the Flash, so I think I would want super speed, like speed force stuff, where I could just do anything and everything at like high speed. Because I feel like there's never enough time in a day, and I feel like that's why I never like Barry Allen. Because it's like, man, you got all these dope powers, and you're just like so limited. <laughs> Wally was the goat. Like Wally did stuff. Like he, like he invented the Speed Force essentially, and then like all the speed tricks. Like before then, Barry was just running. Like that's what he did. Oh, he ran the wall. Tornadoes. But it's like, it's like. That was that was something that I really looked forward to, especially when Mark Wade was writing and stuff like that, to always see, like, oh, what different nifty, neat tricks are you going to do with speed, you know? And, like, that stuff was always intriguing to me. So, yeah, super speed. But none of that uh, time travel mess, because everybody should know better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I like that. I like what you touched on there, like, doing more than just the tra- tra- traditional expectations. So... When you design a, 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 a universe or a character or, or start writing, like what are some of the things that you're thinking about as you go into that process for like someone that's trying to build their own comic book? Like what are some of the things you think that they should start thinking of as they develop this world? Well, I think the first thing you want to do is you want to kind of establish your rules so that when you break them, the reader actually feels like something extraordinary has happened, you know? But also it helps you ground like how the characters are going to navigate certain things. So like we were designing the characters for Black, you know, I was very, even though I don't draw anymore, I was very like invested in doing like my little poor sketches and being like, oh, they could have this and this and that. Because I felt like as characters, they might have very stylistic or cool, like, you know, the drips was, was going to be on fire, but like it wasn't going to be spandex. You know, it's like, how, how would a Black superhero or Black like supernatural character carry themselves you know so it was a lot of like you know leather it was a lot of black it was a lot of like fabrics and stuff like that and they had influences in terms of like fashion and individual style you know mm-hmm. so like the way base dressed you know was very inspired by like you know more urban cultures like this is this as like she's someone who's from like you know projects and stuff like that this is how she's gonna dress you know and then you'd have a character like indigo who's like you know biracial and stuff like that and a little bit more like posh and you know and introvert is like okay so she's gonna have more of a simple silhouette and like an asymmetrical haircut you know like like there was a different like swagger and then even kareem the protagonist i was like you know he's kind of I, I wanted him to still feel and look young so there was a lot of anime influence in like his like outfit and really just trying to give him something that didn't make him seem like you know childish but still young because i never really liked those stories where all of a sudden like a teenage kid becomes like you know really clever like mm-hmm. maintain the fact that he's pretty dumb <laughs> yeah, to the first story. like he doesn't you know he doesn't really like like he, he learns the hard way and i think that that's like one of those things that you don't often see where it's like like they have like teen characters grow up like too fast because of the story where it's like yeah. i kind of just brought him to a point where he had to make one big choice in the whole story and, and like realize like what like was required like by the very end of him as opposed to it, like midway being like, I'm the chosen one. I got it. It's like, no, I made dumb mistakes. That's <laughs> right. no, I made two dumb mistakes. I'm going to just keep making mistakes. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. So I know like in every story, there are certain things that people might overlook or kind of go over their heads. As you are developing black and continue to come to the, the end of the, 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 the series that you're developing, uh, or the main arc of what you're developing, what is the, the main message that you want your readers to really take away as you character build until the end? And is there any, like, sub-character that you were really trying to highlight as well with the, the main character? Um, 
think that like the way that I've tried to structure the story is that even though Kareem X is the protagonist, he is not the he's not the sole perspective. Like mm-hmm. he is the readers along the ride with him, but I really tried to set up the dynamic of him and O and um Juncture and Theodore Mann is more opposing philosophies or like 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 uh perspectives rather than like oh this one's definitely the bad guy this one's definitely the good guy and you know i try to have that show up in the first book where kareem and juncture have you know a real conflict of like you know differences where he's just like no what you're doing isn't right either and i don't know if i can trust you and you know these are two good guys and then he meets you know a quote unquote what would be a bad guy who's not necessarily doing a bad thing, but maybe he's going about it the wrong way, you know, but that, mm-hmm. it's those great lines and those moral, like, like contexts that I think make for like more interesting characters rather than just saying like, oh, this person's wrong or this person's bad. Like, I'd rather reduce it to like, oh, this person's just an asshole. <laughs> like, that's a reason for them to do something like, like in a certain way. They might not necessarily be bad all the time. So it was really interesting for me to explore that. And, and in White, you know, I was definitely through Thaddeus Man trying to explore, you know, generational, like, you know, trauma and also generational hate. Because I, yeah, I was really intrigued, unfortunately, by, like, you know, Trump's sons and what a bad product they are, you know, in terms of, like, what was taught to them, like how they regard the world and stuff like that, but also where that comes from, because it's a manufactured thing. It's like it's parenting, you know, and it's it's this interesting disregard where it's just like when it's brought into the conflict of, of the rest of the world, you know, is where you get like these loud braggadocious or contrary like figures like them, you know, going up against the rest of us. So in that book, it's like him going up against, you know, X who's, you know, gotten a little smarter, gotten a little wiser, and it is, like, embarrassing him, essentially. Like, yeah. like this, you know, he's supposed to be this perfect product of, like, his parents and stuff like that, and he's just getting clowned by who he sees as inferior. Even though this kid has, like, mad superpowers, he still, he still like, looks down on him and stuff. And, and, and how infuriating that can be for somebody, because that's the other thing that you see with, like, those sorts of people and why they get upset in the media, because they're so used to the world that's been crafted for them like yeah. placating them, like being built around them, that when reality checks them, you, you you get these tantrums, you know, you get these despots that come out of it and stuff. And like, that to me is an interesting conflict because it's like, it's like, are you a villain? Are you an idiot? <laughs> what are you? But you're mm-hmm. definitely like, in my way, you're definitely an antagonist to me, you know? And like, how do you, how do you deal with that sort of character? And I even at the end of that book, try to like set up like a real choice for the both of them in that regard and like allowing them to sit, like change course, you know, will they we'll find out in the next book? But, you know, it's like, it's one of those things that like, I really look for in like character development as opposed to just, you know, setting up something two dimensional, you know, got it. Do I do it effectively? Uh, I like to think I do, but that's the, yeah. got it. Got it. How did you, I guess, what was your first reaction, like, after the three days crowdfunding uh, and seeing that, that amount that you guys, like, you you guys blew past your target. <laughs> <laughs> blew past in three days. I was like, damn. So that was probably one of the wildest weeks in my life, not just because of the Kickstarter, but because we had gotten offered our first movie deal the first day of the Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> that's how fast I was moving. I didn't have a lawyer. I didn't have like a manager. I had nothing. I was just like, I just posted this like twelve hours ago. What? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. What so I really had to tap my network of friends and stuff like that. Who you know I knew worked in not just the comics industry but entertainment. And just be like, hey, I apparently need like a lawyer or something. <laughs> and maybe I need to start a company. And I had to. I did all of that in like a week, basically. So that's what was really wild about it. And in the meantime, all this, you know, my phone, like I had my alerts on for the Kickstarter and they were just pinging all day. I'm at work and it's just like, bing, 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 bing. And I'm just like, 
This is good. That's that's that's, that's my mom or something trying to call. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look at the phone and it's just like money is racking up, and I'm like, whoa. So it was it was definitely it was definitely validating. I, I think that was the the real and true thing behind it because you know you put an idea out there and I was completely ready for it to fail. You know, I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't invested in the idea that like, Oh, this is going to be something that like really resonates with people. I was putting it out there saying like, Oh, this is a story I really want to tell. And I'd like to make my goal, you know, and we did far better than that. So it was really something that like, I felt really honored and humbled <laughs> by the fact that it went down the way that it did. It's dope, man. So from a quick geeking out session, I know we talked about traditional comics. Are you into mangas or anime? They're more Japanese influenced stuff. So if you are, can you share a little bit of what that what you like and don't like or what inspires you? Just just to geek out quickly. I'm into it, man. I'm just as OG with manga as I am with um, <laughs> I love that everybody is just now discovering JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I was like, oh, y'all don't even know. We that is a great two JoJo's great- off. You, you know what's so funny? Jojo, I feel like Jojo was meant to be black, and uh, and all like the, the 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 way he dresses, the music, the intro, like he he has so much swag. It's kind of just crazy. It's 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 funny too because it's like that's what I find interesting about what kind of characters resonate like with black people so much and stuff. And it's like you know you got Jojo, you got Dragon Ball and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and you got Naruto, and I I, I find it funny. And a little disappointing because you know we're we're a lot more global in the mm-hmm. point now that like it hasn't gotten through enough to Japan. It's like yeah, can you put some black characters in here or like just characters with different skin tones? So like as much as I love anime and stuff like that, it's been kind of like tough sometimes for me to get in a certain series like lately. Yeah, it's like, yeah it, it better slap because if it doesn't, like I'm just looking at the same shapes and heads and faces it's like you got to give me at least like a tight story so i can really get into it so you know i i i have my subscription to shonen jump and like i'm i read every sunday sunday nights is manga nights you know i I love it i love it i love it stuff so you know i i i and i was on before that like i actually went to the shonen jump when they first brought their magazine to uh the states i went to their launch party oh wow like because because I was like, yeah, bring in the big books and stuff. I really wish that that had, that had worked better for them. But I think the app has been, like, really great, you know, for people. I wish some of the other, um, you know, publishers over there would do that as well. Because there's so much good stuff out there. And it's mm-hmm. like, I, I, I hate to be a pirate, but y'all ain't helping me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, I will give you my money. But, like, you know, you got you to gotta put, it, put it somewhere for me. But, yeah, I, I really... I was huge in the Naruto, like, before I think it even, like, I was getting out on bootleg DVDs, like, before it was even broadcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I put my girlfriend onto it at the time, and she's like, what's this? I was like, this is Naruto. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's one of those great long investment stories that really paid off, man. Like, it paid off in a lot of intervals, like, some of the best fights. Um, I finally, finally started reading One Piece. I was late to that one because it just wasn't, that one wasn't sticking for me. One Piece is a beast. Yeah. It has like a yeah. thousand, it hit the thousand episode like a month or two ago. It is a beast, but it's a beautiful work of art. I don't know how they're going to end it because I think Naruto ended really well. I think oh, yeah. Naruto Shippuden ended better than anyone could have expected. So I don't know how One Piece is going to pull it off, but uh, I was very Thanks. happy Good the ending. Yeah, Naruto had Naruto owed us something at the end because even yes. I was surprised. I, like you kind of got to the end and he was just like, "Oh, I guess they're not gonna fight." And then Sasuke was like, "Hold up," <laughs> and he was like, "We gotta, oh, we gotta finish this." Yes, <laughs> we gotta finish this. I was the like, "Oh my god, betrayal, you dirty Sasuke!" I was like, "Eat it." When it first came out, I was like, "Oh, this dude! You finally came to the end and you still sold him out." <laughs> you I know. Sasuke. I know. I, like, I, I hope know. Naruto beats that ass. <laughs> I know, so like, but but like yeah, so like that, like you know, I, I I like my Hero Academia, but I think it kind of fell off a little bit. Like it, it's getting like a little zany. It's giving me a lot of the same energy that Bleach did after like uh, after they got tired of it. After he got tired of it, like we all know what happened. I'm a fan of Bleach though. I love Bleach. And then 
Oh, I stuck it out to the end. Okay, you know, okay. He's reading some trash, like yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, but they, but they're bringing Bleach back, though. I don't know if you heard, Bleach is coming back. The, the like anime's coming back. That they did. Yeah, so I was yeah. just like, oh, let's do that. Let's like, let's like, let's do some original stuff. Because I was even like, I was even a fan of GT. So I went to school in Japan for like a year, and that's when I like, like, got put on the GT. I was like, I know it's not canon. But yes. Fights. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. One, always good stuff out there. one of the animes that uh, I took a liking to um, because of, uh, I guess, the variation in uh, background of some characters uh, was Baki. I was, I was actually really... Um, yeah, Baki's, I, Baki's an interesting one. It I, has like, a lot Muhammad, of like, characters. Yeah. Like seeing Muhammad Ali or Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali uh, Jr., I thought that was uh, very creative. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I thought that was pretty dope. And the mommy, at least, that was pretty. He was pretty strong too. He wasn't just kind of some weak this addition, but he was pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, he, he, he had his shine. He wasn't. He was just getting his ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I always love. That's one thing that I love about <clears throat> what I love about manga that I wish comics would do. I think comics, especially superhero or American comic books, they they there's no end game, and they don't. The, the the fights and all of the conflicts are just too quick, you know? Where it's just like, you can sit there, if you were reading Dragon Ball, like, you know, Goku was fighting, like, Frieza for a whole year. <laughs> Tell me about it. Oh, my God. So episodes of powering up. I know. <laughs> Imagine Spider-Man fighting the Green Goblin for a year. You know? It's like the, 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 the setups aren't as, like, epic, so that that way when the character is defeated, you feel, like, some sort of, like, closure. And I feel like that's why these characters keep coming back because it's just like it's like oh, it was a cheap victory and stuff like that. It's like, but what if, what if Pete was fighting this dude for like a whole, like all across New York, for like <laughs> ten days, you know? And it took two years to tell the story, and then he finally defeated him after he killed Gwen Stacy, and then he like beat him with his own glider, you know? It's like, you, you know, hit, hit me with something gripping, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that manga does that no matter what, like. Like it does, it, it takes something that can be like minutia and it makes it into tension. You know, JoJo is very good at that because, like, you know, there's some weird like powers that appear and in there, people, but they end up like being characters. terrifying. You're like, this dude just lives in a mirror world. What? <laughs> or the so dude that has the bomb, or the dude that had the little bomb that like detonates and like his whole like thought process, like the whole setup. I was like, that that was my favorite season, the one with the dude with the bomb, like. Yeah, defeating him was like kind of pretty cool for me, but I haven't seen a new Netflix version um, that yeah. they recently released about it. But I want to check that out. But um, so, there's one question that... like, that's JoJo's daughter, and like that one, that one's pretty tight. <laughs> that was tight. All right, I gotta check that out then. Yeah, but would, um, would you would you ever be down for a Netflix series yourself? An animated Netflix series of black. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I've had some talks with like various studios and stuff before we ended up at Warner Brothers, and I think that you know, there's always potential. Like, I would like to see a world where you know the black universe is extended, but I also want to, again, because of how I am as as a creative, like, I do want to have like put a bow on it and then see yeah. like you know what comes out of that, and it can be you know a different interpretation of it. It could be something like completely new for like tv and i would be fine with that you know and maybe yeah. i write it you know and and that, and that could be fun you know but i definitely you know think that when it comes to like you know these things it doesn't always have to be like definitively like a certain thing you know again like in this whole like movie process and stuff i've seen versions of my idea where i'm just like oh man that's tight <laughs> It's like that. That's really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm just stealing. <laughs> but the one thing I'll say: make sure you stay very. I'm sure you're very much involved, but you don't want to happen what happened to Game of Thrones your last season. If you watch Game of Thrones, <laughs> so, so please make sure you you are on top of these people because they. You you might want to end the conversation after I say this, but I actually liked the Game of Thrones ending because oh here's why. No, wait, hang on. Here's why. When did that show ever tell you that bad stuff wasn't going to happen? To you. Emotionally. <laughs> that show never gave... That show... 
That show told you exactly who it was when Ned got his head chopped. Wow. Like, it told you exactly who it is. Yeah. It was just like, it was like, oh, you think good people get things in this? Yeah. Wow, this is Westeros. Chop. (laughs) That's a good point. All right. I agree with you. I agree with you. To to me, I felt like that show delivered in that respect. Because even I, at certain points, I was like, oh, you're going to get it, John. Oh, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And then just like, this mother. (laughs) And then Bran, I was like, this guy? I was like, man, he should have got yeeted like season three, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. So, so, so yeah, but but the thing is, it's like the fact that you guys have that reaction to me means that the show did have the desired effect. You know, that's what good writing is. Even if it makes you upset at the end, you know, that's the sure. kind of stuff where you're just like, you're like, oh. It's like, uh, I don't know if you knew, but like when uh, Jordan Peele did Get Out, he had a different ending for it where the protagonist actually gets killed by the police. And, you know, he was just like, nah. And <laughs> he changed it up. And that felt good, because I sure when he came out, I was just like, oh, no. Me too. <laughs> I was like, this, you, you got know? kidding me. That's how it's going to go down, of course. Exactly, exactly. Everybody thought that. And that's actually what made that really good, because that he, <laughs> he had that thought himself, and he knew that we would have that thought. Yeah. Mm. And he knew that the whole audience would have that thought, regardless of whether they were black or white. Because people mm. know, they like to act like they don't know. But mm. that was what that scene said. And then at the end, with his bed, I was just like, standing ovation. I was like, yep, you choked her out and you got away. Whole <laughs> <laughs> movie. Oh, Party. man. That's, that's, that's epic. Oh, man. So, so one thing that we always, like a big takeaway we get from all guests is, uh, you know, when you're focusing on what you do, um, you know, your creative uh, approach, uh, how do you stay focused on the goal, like, uh, you know, the task at hand? How do you block out the noise, you know, uh, block out any distractions, any hate, scrutiny? Like, what's your, I guess, method of staying aligned and, and focused? Well, a few things, because, I mean, like, I've, I've had my, like, you know, years where I was definitely distracted by that, because when we first launched Black, you know, it was it was all love and positive, but then I think as it grew, of course, the haters showed up. But I think what keeps me focused is that, you know, I have objectives and goals that I want to see through, and their only objective and goal is to divert my attention from it with some, like, BS. And the only time that they should have my time is when I decide to have some time and maybe clap back at somebody. But most of the time, I just, like, I'll just read it and laugh because that really is all they have going for it, you know? Like, people make fake accounts all the time to send me nasty stuff in my DMs, and I'm just like, you stop your day to make a whole new account have you ever made a whole new gmail account it's a pain in the butt you gotta remember that account the password you came up with and stuff like that and it's like these guys like it's like you really waste your time man like just putting your name and a bunch of numbers at the end of something just to cuss somebody out (laughs) that's sad (laughs) so i think once you put that kind of stuff in a perspective it becomes a lot easier to ignore that stuff because you know that that that's a very small value for them. It's like that that's what makes you feel good, I guess. Go on. You know? So that that's really what helps me focus, you know, and, and ignore like the hate. But also at the same time, like we said, if you're not creating those kind of like reactions in people, then you know, your storytelling maybe needs a needs a little bit of a polish because like I, I find those reactions to well, yeah, you're 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 the reason why I wrote this story because for whatever reason, only black people having superpowers got you feeling away. <laughs> put that in you. And put that in you. Like, that's you. <laughs> I wrote yeah. stories on paper and made a book that you don't have to read, but you decided on a Sunday <laughs> to be all like aggravated. <laughs> Can't do anything. Awesome. Hey, man, thank you so much for your time. This was. This was one of one of my favorite uh, episodes for sure. I had a lot of fun, a lot of good laughter. Uh, it was definitely a pleasure. Um, the last thing that we want you to just do is like, is there any projects, anything that our 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 audience should be aware of that's coming up? Anything that's exciting that they should be aware of? And how can they follow you and get access to your information, your your, your stuff, your content? Sure, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Kwanzer K W A N Z E R. Um, and, you know, writing, I've sort of taken a break from writing because I've been working on this uh, blockchain project and stuff. Um, and so that's something that I'm really into because I find that space to be exciting, even though, 
it, it comes with a lot of problems, but they're problems that need solving. So one of the things that I'm doing with this uh, company, Epic Geek, that I'm a part of is we are building software that protects your NFTs from being stolen, essentially, and scans the internet for people stealing your work and making them into NFTs. So, you know, those being two of the major problems in that space, I'm like, we can't, we can't sit there and ask people to like jump on board and you don't fix those problems. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, if you can right click on something and steal somebody's stuff, that's a problem. Why haven't you fixed that? So that's something that this company fixed because, you know, I have a lot of friends who are artists and they feel different ways about it, but that's one thing that kept, those are two things that kept coming up. People are stealing my stuff. And how is it that somebody owns this? If I can just right click on it. You know, and now I got a crypto punk too. <laughs> it's like, gotcha. so, so that's something that I'm really excited about because I, I really, I really like when it comes to technology. I like things to solve problems. You know. All right, cool. I'm just gonna put out a famous plug for my buddy Durbin. He's coming out his own um, NFT collection um, pretty soon. Um, I don't know, if Durbin, you guys want to collaborate or chat? But I'm putting it out there. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be really cool. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, the bar goes up, like, every month, man. It's, like, one minute it was just, like, board Apes and then, like, Invisible Friends hit. And I just saw one today called Sneakerheads. Have you seen that one? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that one. I got to check it out. I, I was, like, I was mad when I saw it because I was, like, how did I miss Sneakerheads? Yeah. <laughs> sneakerheads. literally black people's heads, but they look like sneakers. <laughs> Interface. So mad at how good as well. There's a lot of dope collections. What I'm working on in particular is a bit more than a collection. And uh, the, the real bread and butter is the DAO that the holders in the collection will have access to. Yes. And it will impact um, it will impact our community and the greater you know diaspora. So definitely we'll connect and uh, you know maybe see how we could uh, help each other there. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, man. Thanks so much. Absolutely.